My God, it's Hal! It's Hal! Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Tights and Fights. You know, we always get asked when we're going to have merch available. Well, one way you can help with that is leaving us five-star reviews on iTunes, like this one from Deeds8, who says that they're not even a wrestling fan outside of the big names like The Rock and Randy Savage, but our show is still funny and informative enough to keep them sports entertained. So remember... You want to help us get shirts available? Go to iTunes and hit all those five stars. The more reviews we get, the closer to merch we get. It is that simple. It's a numbers game, people. But for now, it's showtime. Tyson Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Daniel and there's guy It's tights and fights. It's tights and fights. Whoa! It's tights and fights. Tights and fights. Welcome to tights and fights, a show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm Mr. Mitzvah, Hal Lovelin. I'm joined by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation, Dudette Love, Danielle Radford. What up? And the Michael Jordan of jargon, Mike Eagle, will be joining us later. Coming up on this week's show, glowing injuries, big fella catches catch can, the true fashion police, and a lot more. But first, you guys, remember last week when I said I was going to Pensacola, the apparently the hotbed of, of Samoan wrestlers, <laughs> which I had forgotten. I know it's where the Usos and Roman Reigns are from, uh, but I was at Pensacon, and I got to conduct a Q&A with Mick Foley and a Q&A with Ric Flair, and it was awesome. Yay! It was so much fun, and weird, like, I became very cognizant of what it means to be a fan of wrestling, and, and just a fan of anything in general. Like, I'm not going to meet uh, Kevin Feige anytime soon. So, it, like, I can't go up to him and talk to him about what I think and ask him questions about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yo, talk to me about Thanos. Yeah, exactly. Tell me about Thanos. <laughs> I want to hear about the Captain Marvel movie and how you're going to pull it off and how is it going and can I read a script. Uh, but with wrestling, the, the fandom is so different. And this is something we'll touch on more next week because I, I wrote, Julian said I wanted to devote a whole segment to it about what it means to be a fan today. But uh, Mick was super charming. The one thing I've noticed about him sitting right next to him is he's a real handsome guy. And you know you see the pictures of him as a kid, like, oh, he's handsome, handsome Cactus Jack. Yeah. But he is. He's a good-looking guy, and he was very gracious and very, very nice. Um, Rick Flair, who, who I talked with on Sunday, so Mick Foley was Friday. In between Friday and Sunday, George the Animal Steel and uh, and Ivan Koloff both passed away. Mm-hmm. And the Ric Flair that I talked to Sunday morning in front of an audience seemed a little bit more subdued. Yeah. But he got into it and he answered He's every question. We talked about his daughter, who I put over huge and said, I think she is probably the equivalent of Kurt Angle in terms of somebody who came into the business late or came into the business and within two years was a champion mm-hmm. and... Was sort of on on top of the promotion and learned everything and progressed so quickly. So we talked about that. We talked about him like being on the road and and it was interesting to hear him talk about how they want to be remembered. Mm. Uh, I will tell you this and that the record the sessions were recorded, but they're not going to be released. But Foley said he wanted to be, to be remembered as a guy who was nice to everybody. 
He was like, when I first came into the business, there were people who were nice to me and people who maybe made it harder than it needed to be. But when I gave my Hall of Fame speech, he looked out at all those people who had affected him and and been good to him. And he wanted to be remembered for being nice and giving people, you know, I think he already has that um, that reputation. But I thought that was a really interesting sort of answer. And Flair's answer was he wanted to be remembered as a person, whether it was 10 people in the audience, 100 or 10,000, that he gave it everything he had. And he gave, he was like, if somebody paid to be here, I'm going to put on the best show that I can. And, you know, th- there's no right or wrong answer. It was just interesting to hear two legendary people. And I asked them almost the same question, which is like, you're one of those people who can walk into any arena and people will cheer and they know who you are. And now mm-hmm. with the network, they can go back and watch your matches. But what is the one thing you want to be remembered for? So that's an interesting, sort of an interesting dichotomy. That's really nice. Mick really does want you to have a nice day. He does. He really does. Uh, And he really does wear a fanny pack. (laughs) Yeah. But let's get into some news from WWE. Kevin Owens kicked off Raw in the ring with the spotlight on him to speak to his opponent at Fastlane, Bill Goldberg. Let's listen. Bill Goldberg at Fastlane. These people can chant for you all they want and you could stand across the ring from me and bark, you're next, all you want. You're just wasting your time because as far as I'm concerned, you're nothing. 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 You're nothing to me. Uh, You can be a lot of things to a lot of people, but to me, nothing. Nothing. Mm. Take that. I hate you. But no, hey, I don't, because you're nothing. Danielle, what about his former best friend, Chris Jericho? Here's what Owens had to say about that. Now, as far as Chris Jericho goes, there you go. Mic drop. That's all he has to say. <laughs> also, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Still nothing. I've got a lot of nothing. I've got plenty of nothing. <laughs> Nothing's plenty for me. Danielle, how do you like that promo as a follow-up to the Festival of Friendship the previous week? Um, I think it's perfect because I think that, like, the fe- I, obviously, you guys know, like, the, I loved the friendship angle, the best friend angle. I think I think it's great. Yeah. But it's also, if you're going to pull them away from that comedy angle, like, this is the perfect kind of, like, because it, it doesn't feel like a complete, like, anything crazy. It just feels like a sharp turn to, like, okay, like, I ended the funny, silly stuff, and I'm here to be serious now. And I am here to wreck dudes. And it, feel, it felt like Kevin Owens going back to being Kevin Owens. And again, like, it's the best friends angle was great. It was super funny. It's going to the festival of friendship is going to go down as one of those, like, amazing segments. But um, if you're going to take him back to. You know, prize fighter Kevin Owens, which I do think is the the money move since he is the champion. Right. That's how you do it. And just like his, like so close to his face the whole time. Yes. Like that kind of like. Shot well. Yeah. He's doing that dangerous minds, like <laughs> sitting backwards in the chair and, <laughs> and yeah, just like right up on his face was great. Yeah. I, I, I like it too. Just because you're used to, we've been conditioned as fans to get the, I know you're all wondering why I did it. And a lot of the times, even if they're going to take that turn on it and not tell you, they're like, I don't know anybody in explanation. But we've heard that a million times already. And Kevin Owens is one of the things he does really well is put little twists on things that you don't normally see other people doing. Yes. And it's those subtle things that make him 
such a great entertainer. Mm-hmm. But I will say that moving forward, I want, I don't need an explanation, but I need to know that there's something that he knows that Jericho's coming for him. Right. I know this is supposed to be fantastical, but there is a problem with, with logic missing from stories. Like, how do you not know, you know, if you're a fan of the business, that somebody's going to jump you, if you turn on them, that they're going to be coming for you? Yeah, he's not going away. Well, and I do think that that was, because he had to acknowledge it, so that way when it does happen, like, it's just their way of being like, we didn't completely forget about this. I feel like that's their acknowledgement of, like, keeping it fresh in our brains so that we know that they weren't like, okay, for, you know, and now for something completely different. Right, right, like, right. Like, now, like, we know, that, we know that that's coming and we know that they didn't forget about it. And especially when they had Sammy also bring it up and be like, dude, I told you. Like, just a, another reminder that, like, yes, this is happening. Right. And he did have to focus on Goldberg at some point because it was just about him and Jericho all the time. Yeah, and it can't it's gotta be about that title, son. News in the Fight Forever category. This week we saw Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens and Sasha Banks versus Charlotte on the same show. Uh I know that these matches are now being used to further a different story instead of their their initial feuds where they're being used to move the feud itself forward. But wouldn't it be good to get a break it feels like they're like at a certain point it feels lazy rather than rather than a story plot point. Do you agree? I don't mind with with Kevin Owens and Sammy because it does feel like if you're going to take Kevin Owens back to being dangerous prize fighter Kevin Owens, part of what dangerous prize fighter Kevin Owens does is he smacks Sammy Zayn in the face. And that's part of what he does. He punches him right in his skanking jaw. So I'm, so that makes sense, although it is – and that was also used to – it wasn't just them fighting. It was used to move along his program with Joe, right. which was great. Just that, like, keep my name out your mouth. Yes. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then And then to see – Kevin Owens just smiling like just smiling like he just visited the zoo like <laughs> just excited <laughs> like oh wow you know yeah like, uh, just happy in a way that you rarely see him that was great with with Sasha and Bailey and it just it that was weird for me because like Bailey is having that thing with Stephanie and then Sasha kind of comes out and is like big sister to her and like speaks for her and like speaks over her and then she has the thing with Stephanie and then she has the thing with Charlotte and I don't want to do another thing where it's like you know the champion got pinned by the challenger but tonight's not the night when they're gonna blah 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 for the I don't want that at all um and we all know that, and Sasha, Charlotte was great, because Sasha and Charlotte's always going to be great. Right. But it might have been interesting to do something different with that. Like, I would have, I think that it would have been really interesting if you have Stephanie, like, bef- have Charlotte not come out at all. Yeah. And have Stephanie be like, well, or have her come out and, like, go on commentary or something for this thing, where Stephanie goes, okay, well, since you want to come out here and butt into it, now I'm putting you into a match with Bailey. Because we haven't seen Sasha Bailey wrestle, and I'm yeah. sure that they're, like, saving it. Um, and so that would be kind of fun. It would remind people what how dope it is when they wrestle, because I'm sure that their program is happening next. And then you can get Charlotte on commentary and start what I'm hoping is going to be Sasha's heel turn. I just don't buy where she is right now. I don't. I, I don't just... think they do either, because right now she's just being like the pit bull, and you have like. Right. 
You have Bailey literally doing that thing that happens of like when someone breaks up a fight between two people and Bailey's in the back like laughing and it's like, no, you're a wrestler. You're the women's champion. Why is someone else doing your talking for you? Absolutely. It's yeah. weird. Uh, but speaking of champions, the club went two on one with Roman Reigns in a handicap match. Callows and Anderson <laughs> won by disqualification, but were then overpowered by Roman. This is Hal's Weekly. What the fuck? <laughs> why are you doing this? Why? 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 We get that Roman's powerful. He's already sold as as the the guy. You know, he's already the John Cena of Raw, in that he's incredibly difficult to beat. So all you're doing is is burying. The, your tag champs. Look, I, I know I go back to the Attitude Era a lot, but I miss the days where when a babyface was being punished, he was put into a match with the Dudleys or put into a match against the APA because they were two guys who you knew were going to yep. come in and fuck you up. And that's who Gallows and Anderson are supposed to be. Yes. Even without them having the titles, that's right. who they're supposed to be. So especially, why are you throwing your tag team champs under the bus? Like, it would be... It would work better for me if you would have had it where you have like Anderson be have him have Anderson do the fight with him. And then that makes sense because part of the reason why tag teams work is because you think is one. And yeah. so maybe you're not necessarily as strong as a singles because you're used to writing ta- fighting tag team style, which is a different style of wrestling. Yes. Have him wrestle Roman, have Gallows on commentary. I just like, you know, he, Charlotte can talk, he can talk, have put him on commentary, get an yeah. eighth chair in there, I don't care. Um, <laughs> and have and then you can and then you can still have the disqualification because you can have Gallows go in and cause the disqualification um after Anderson's gotten beat up and then you could have Roman turn on Gallows while you have Anderson beaten up and taken care of and then you can have him like hit him with a chair while he's walking away or do something else where it looks destructive yeah. without like completely selling out your tag team champs yes there's a way to have everybody come out looking strong and it doesn't feel like they're doing that they're just using the the tag champs as a prop to get Roman over uh but speaking of Roman his fast late opponent, Braun Strowman, main evented Raw against The Big Show. Uh, I I got to say, and I was saying this before we went in to record, I was, I was saying this to Julian, that Braun Strowman is the first big guy I can think of in a long time where they've built him so well that I'm actually, as a fan, and, and now in the era of, of fandom, we're all like, well, you know, he's scheduled to, uh, <laughs> he's scheduled to put over blah, 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 date. I really don't know who the first person to beat him is going to be. And yeah. I don't know that it's going to be Roman. You, you know what? You're not wrong. You're absolutely right. I don't know that it's going to be Roman. And they, the two of them wrestled a hell of a match. The, we, I don't think we've ever... Look, the Big Show was a, was a pretty uh, agile big guy when he first came in. As a result of that, when you're that big, you never really get to run work a wrestling match against somebody else. Yeah. And the match with Braun Strowman felt like a wrestling match. Like, that is not a match he could have with The Undertaker or with Kane because they're different kind of guys. Braun Strowman was built to be a giant monster just like The Big Show was a giant monster. Yeah. But, see, like, seeing Braun Strowman kip up out of a wrist lock? <laughs> unreal. Like, they're, they're two really strong guys. So... <laughs> yeah. The only thing that I worry about is, like, and, and they do, and they do do good matches. I don't know how long the match is going to be because um, both of them... Not so much... I, I don't... We haven't seen Strowman do like a long match, like a super long match. Right. We all know that Roman can get tie tie in a super long match. Sure. Um, but I so I it, it would 
I, I actually, I wouldn't mind if it was 10 minutes of a great match. I would rather 10, 10 to 15 minutes of a great match than them try to stretch it out and do 20 minutes of an okay match. Okay. It's just, I'm never... I know I'm such a fucking I sound like such a smarky asshole. I'm never super excited for Roman matches, and then they happen, <laughs> and then they wind up being really good, and I wind up being pleasantly surprised. Right. Um. So maybe it'll be like that again, where it's like I'm not super excited for this match. Yes. But like, because I don't want, like, I worry because if he's gonna go over on someone, Roman would be the guy, but I or the guy that would um that would go over on him. Yeah. I don't want that. I don't want. I, I, I don't want. Either. I want it to be another monster. It needs if to be do it. big money. It needs to be big money to do it. This hasn't been They've been building him yet. for too long to Absolutely. just to just feed him now to Roman. Yes. Let's move on to SmackDown, where Naomi was forced to relinquish the SmackDown Women's Title due to an amazingly legit leg injury. Danielle, how bummed were you to see her get hurt? Oh, I was so bummed. I was so bummed. Um, again, so I talked about it last week, like how it had been so long and she's the only one who was still there, who has been there as long as she has that hadn't held a main roster title. Mm-hmm. So for it to get taken like this, like through an injury where she has to give it up and then like she's there and she's like about to cry and it was so sincere and she was and she was just starting to like really find her groove on the mic. Yeah. And then you have Daniel Bryan and I don't know if he was crying or if he was about to cry, but he looks shook yeah. and just upset and kind of heartbroken for her, um, for his Toad Steve. <laughs> um, yeah, it just made me really, really sad that like she got this chance and, and now because of something that you can't foresee, which is like an injury, um, now it's being taken away from her. It does give her, when she when she does come back, now she comes in at automatic underdog status because I've talked about how Feel the Glow is really fun, but like it's not yes. really like a call to arms. It's not really like, I got to win this championship because Feel the Glow. Um, right. So now she has something where it's like, that was mine. I never lost it. I'm getting back what's mine. So she's automatically got that when she gets back. And WWE could hear that the crowd was behind her, so there's no excuse now to be like, oh, you're just not over. No, she's over, and everyone was with her, and everyone was behind her. Um, yeah. So if nothing else, it proved to them that she's she's got that. That catchphrase was never over until she got a pop for it on Tuesday night. When she said, feel the glow, they actually cheered. I actually, and I agree with you, I would love to see her come back as a heel, though. I don't know why, like that version. Mm-hmm. I know you can't. I know she just switched from from yeah. Team Bad to being a face and feel the glow. She's good motivation for a heel turn because she had something taken away from her. It wasn't even her decision. Right. She wasn't asked to relinquish the title. She was told to relinquish it because of WrestleMania, because WrestleMania which is, is just like 2013 when she didn't get her match. Yep. So that's true. And she oh, and she's been injured so much. I said, you know, she gets her new hair. Gets the gets yes. gets them gets them new box braids in. You know her head hurt. That just made me sad. That was just sad. Uh, silver lining though, I'm of the opinion that if you were gonna have her win the title, they should have done it at WrestleMania and made yeah. it her Zack Ryder moment. And now the belt is back on Alexa Bliss, where I feel like it belongs, just because of the strong heel work she's doing. She needed a baby face, and I, Naomi was the right person to do it. I, I think, or or a fine person to do it, mm-hmm. to chase. Chase, chase, chase money in the chase and then pay it off at WrestleMania. Yeah. Give her Zack Ryder IC title win. Only only have her keep the belt for longer. And don't humiliate her in front of her dad. Yeah. <laughs> How uh, 
Are you glad to see that they put the title right back on to Alexa Bliss as opposed to stringing out and making a tournament or a five pack or whatever? Yeah, no, I'm done. No tournaments. I'm done. I'm done. Two yeah. people, two dudes. I've taught two dudes, two yep. people, two women, two people. Um, yeah, no, I think that that's especially we're so close to WrestleMania. You got to put it on a heel so a face can chase. Yep. So that they get a WrestleMania moment. That's... Absolutely. Well, speaking of the best women's division in wrestling. SmackDown also featured Nikki Bella and Natalia. What? Sorry? I couldn't hear you over all the great storytelling that's happening in the women's division in SmackDown. You're the worst. (laughs) Nikki Bella and Natalia settled their feud in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Uh, What did you think of the match? I thought it was great. Me too. It was a great match. Really great. They're kind of what I like. Like, I love Nia Jax, but like both of them, those women, both of them women, both them women. Both them women. Both them women. They're kind of like what I want Nia Jax to be in that just kind of like, they feel like bruisers. Yeah. You know? Like, they feel like hosses. Isn't it great to see Nikki Bella go from being a diva search contestant to smacking Natty Neidhart with a kendo stick, but like... Like, legit striking her heart. Like, those kendo stick. Everything was so crisp. Yep. She's way. She's another one who doesn't get credit for how good a wrestler she is and how good a wrestler she has become because, uh, because people are focused on her looks. Yep, because people are focused on her looks and the way that she came in. Yeah, reality and, star. And reality star, dating the biggest dude in the company. Yes. But no, Nikki, and I i mean, I've been on the Nikki Bella is a great worker train for a couple of years now because she's been doing great, great, great work. I thought her title uh, reign went a little long. That's <laughs> fine. If you if you, you got to pretend like AJ didn't exist. Right. So um, I guess that's the way that you do it. But yeah, no, I thought that match was great. I even, I, I don't care that you could see, you could hear them telling each other they did a great job. <laughs> Do I don't th- care. I don't care. They're friends. I don't care. It's yeah. fine. It's not their fault. It's <laughs> you, fine. You brought up her having heat with with fans uh, because of of her dating John Cena, and they use that a lot in this angle. Mm-hmm. And it, it, that's how you do it. That's how you, you, you bring like in. It. You liked it. I don't mind. I think like. I almost feel like it's one of those things where Nikki is probably tired of hearing it. She wants to show off what a good wrestler she is. Right. And I think that it's a good angle because you have Natty's angle of, I'm I'm a veteran. I've been here forever. The only reason why, you're do- why you've been on top is because of John Cena. And that is something that the fans are saying. And I kind of almost feel like this is like... I, I don't necessarily know that I want him involved, even though that's what it looks like it's happening. But I don't mind that they're bringing him in, if only because it's like, so maybe we can have this conversation and then see what a good wrestler she is and we can stop having the conversation. Yes. And and I think they've done a good job. So they've been setting up since Elim- Elimination Chamber, the mixed tag match with mm-hmm. Ms. and Maurice versus Nikki and, and John. Yeah. So the Nikki-Maurice issues came to a head on Tuesday night uh, as as Maurice interfered at the end, at the end of the match whacking Nikki in the knee with a pipe. Yeah. However, they've developed separate issues between Cena and, and Miz with them eliminating one another from the Battle Royale. Third, the same time, using Talking Smack, they've they've acknowledged the dynamic we're supposed to buy between John and Nikki, where he's like, she fights her own battles. Yep. I don't get involved, but you know he cares because at the end of his segment, he's going to go check on her. Yep. So that it'll be interesting to see those dynamics come in because you get the sense of like, they each want to have their own match. They don't want to have a match together, but they're going to have to. Right, right. So I, th- I'm interested to see that develop. Uh, but finally, SmackDown concluded with a battle royal for the right to face Bray Wyatt for the WWE World Championship at WrestleMania. And it concluded with a tie when it was determined that Luke Harper and AJ Styles were eliminated at the same time, even though they weren't. 
To Danielle, is this a big problem that they're trying yes! to sell this as the 94 Rumble? I hated it so much. I hated it so much. Like, he clearly landed first. So for all the, all the rest of standing around, how the fuck can I work at WWE as a rep? Because apparently you ain't, you don't have to watch anything. You don't have you don't have to watch the matches. It like if I can just sit like near the announce table and drink my vodka and be like, "We're good. Tell me when to count." <laughs> I'm good, you know, it sounds because it seems like that's I just I don't like that. Like it's obvious what happened. Sometimes you have to just like sometimes you have to just fix it. Like we we all saw it happen and right. you have to acknowledge that. Yes. Don't treat us like we're stupid. Sometimes like WWE is live and so mistakes are going to happen so they need to either find a way to turn that next week and be like oh well it does look like AJ definitely hit it first they need that needs to be acknowledged do you remember the 2000 Royal Rumble it came down to The Rock and Big Show they go out at ostensibly the same time but The Rock's feet hit first yeah the Big Show goes through the whole thing of trying to get Triple H to grant him a chance at Rocky's title shot all leading up to the Fatal 4-Way yeah they could do something like that here. I think what is more likely, though, if they're being smart, like we're so used to them not playing the long game anymore that when that we don't that maybe that's exactly what they're doing, and they're gonna have AJ Styles complaining that he he's supposed to get his title shot that it was a tie. Let's look at the person who rightfully won the battle royal. Luke Harper seems to be getting over with the crowd as a babyface. Is it working for you? I like it. I think that it works. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's not like a white meat baby face. No. Um, if only because like he's a white dude, but he's covered in dirt. So <laughs> obviously, but no, it is. I'm 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 really enjoying him as a face. Um, I think I'm I'm enjoying it way more than I thought that I would. Because remember, they tried before to kind of there was a period where they were trying with all of the all of the Wyatts to like they each had their own thing and. I think he was the one that was like, I, I I like wine or whatever. He won the IC title yeah, and yeah. was just quiet. Yeah. Eric Rowan was the genius. Oh, was the he secret was the like child yeah. genius or but whatever. But this is like it's this is really, really working for me. Okay. Yeah, what do you think? I agree. I like him as a baby face. And I like it that he he's only a baby face because he's seeking revenge. He's finally free from being yeah. a cult member. I'm interested to see where it goes and the guy can work. And he can, uh, I think he can talk, which we'll get into. Yeah, and another, in just a, another big dude. Yes, just like another good, um, more sprightly than you would imagine, big dude. Absolutely. And I, I'm way more into like the hot, like to like that where it's like he's big but he can move than just mm-hmm. the person who's like I'm just gonna stand still and wait for you to come to me and then I'm going to clothesline you or choke you or whatever. Yeah. I'm way more into dudes that can move. And there are a ton of big guys like that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hey. Why don't you move your ass over to our Facebook group and tell us the stuff that we missed and start more conversations at facebook.com slash group slash tightsfights or hit us up on Twitter. It's at tightsfights. It's so simple. When we come back, we're going to take a minute to highlight one of the lesser discussed parts of wrestling, the fashion. That's up next when Mike Eagle joins us on Tights. Welcome to Podphone. What type of podcast are you looking for? You have chosen funny podcasts about bad movies. Rated R. May we recommend The Flophouse. Three friends talk about bad movies and make each other and you laugh. Rated R. The Flophouse is playing at your ears. If you download it. 
right now or whenever. Rated R. To purchase tickets to The Flop House, you don't need to do that, just download it. The Flop House, rated R for nudity, I guess. Ties and Bites Podcast. Ties and Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Mike Eagle, and I'm joined in a booth by... Hello, Blam. And... Danielle Radford. That's right. And I like to pay attention to what the wrestlers wear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's a bigger, small thing that can determine how big a wrestler can get over than the stuff they got on. I could, like, point to a couple of huge character changes that were kind of kicked off by wardrobe stuff, like Rocky Maivia transitioning into The Rock, or Rocker Shawn Michael transitioning into HBK, and in a red and yellow Hulk Hogan dropping that and wearing a black and white for the NWO. We're going to take a look at some stuff that works for wrestlers' clothing and some stuff that doesn't. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fashion Corner. Fashion, 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 fashion. Okay, I'm gonna figure that out. But first, a quick notes. I wanted to point out a couple things that I noticed on WWE television this week, fashion-wise. The first one was that our our pal Kevin Owens, our Universal Champion, had who had been wearing the sleeveless shirt slack combo for the better part of when he's had the championship, had transitioned back as of Monday into the full suit. Did anybody notice this? Does it make a damn bit of difference to either of you? <laughs> I, I didn't notice, and here's why. I'm used to, I guess I'm used to this more, there wasn't a touch of, to, there wasn't a ton of merchandise when I was a kid. And then the Attitude Era, everybody had a t-shirt. So when they came out to the ring and they didn't have a match, or even when they did, they would come out wearing their t-shirts. So effectively, any time that they're out in front of a TV audience, that's an opportunity for them to sell merchandise. Mm. So it's jarring to me, if your name's not Ric Flair or Triple H Evolution Past, to see somebody in a suit, unless it's way heavily gimmicked. Like initially when he won the title and Kevin Owens was wearing the suit, it made sense because he was like, oh, well, now I'm... I'm going to look like I'm part of the authority. But I, I get that, that it's a transition from best friends to mm-hmm. current, but I, I don't notice it anymore. I want him to be in his gear all the time because he's a fighter and he's looking to fight. And he's always ready to fight. Word. It's always interesting seeing him in the suit because it like it doesn't look like it fits him and it feels like that's on purpose. Hmm. Like it almost, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it, um, Like when you see him in the suit... It it not to be, it's not lipstick on a pig. That's like, oh, what a dicky thing. To say. What a dick thing to just say that I just said. But just it does feel like it's one of those things where it's like, well, I have been a fighter all my life, and I've been a fighter, and I'm a fighter on the indies. But like now, I'm here, and this is what you do. And if I want to win and do the thing for, because you know his whole thing is like, I got to feed my kids, I got to take them to the zoos. Zoos ain't cheap. Like if you're gonna <laughs> make that money to take your kids to zoos, I just feel like he's like, yeah, this is what you do. Like you're the champion, you wear a suit because this is what you do when you're here and I'm going to do whatever I have to do to like survive. But the thing that stands out to me about him and it also stood out to me about when he was doing the sleeveless shirt slacks combo is that he won't commit to it. It's like he knows what's what he's supposed to do but he's like permanently half-assed at it. So right, right now he's in a full suit but he won't shave his beard and so he has face fur coming out of the top of his suit <laughs> which is a really strange look but it's like if he knows 
that he's supposed to put the suit on, suit on, you figure he would also shave. But it's like he still wants to hold on to his indiness while doing the professional wrestling WWE thing. Because yeah. it's his gimmick. There's a real neckbeard problem. It's like an epidemic There's in WWE. so many neckbeards. Well, you know, if a neckbeard bites you, you grow your own neckbeard. <laughs> Is there, uh, what if a radioactive neckbeard bites you? Then what happens? Then you, the neckbeard can crawl you up walls <laughs> around the ceilings. <laughs> you can swing around on it. You have the power to say actually in any <laughs> <laughs> it's the alt-right problem. <laughs> now, another thing I noticed this week was that our friend Kalisto has become suddenly naked. Yes. <laughs> um, but it's it's oddly naked because there's like some parts of his gear that are still intact and other parts that have just completely disappeared. And we just got a lot of bare torso and thigh and stuff now that wasn't there a couple weeks ago. Hey, he does look like he's going to an eyes wide shut fuck party. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think maybe he's getting in like little slap fights in the back with other dudes and it's like how, how it is in like softcore porn movies for women where they're just grabbing his bits and like taking yeah. all these, And he comes out and he's like, this is what this is what was left. <laughs> like, gotta roll with it. And he's got like a weird now he's got like a weird apron and a long mask yeah. and like wrist guards or yeah. something and, and underwear. And that's it. It's a really strange look. It is also like he's wearing a full suit jacket and tuxedo top and then underwear and nothing else underneath, <laughs> which I had to wear once for an extra job, which is a story I'll tell another time. Oh, I Bobby? need that story. Yeah, it's um, going to have to happen. House yeah. fashion corner. <laughs> oh. No, it is. Uh, it. It is weird, and it feels like they want him to look less like Rey Mysterio because he's not, he didn't get over. Like, he was going to be their next Rey Mysterio, but I don't know if it was a little bit too sloppy work, or they had him matched up with Ryback, who was on his way out. Or the fact that Rey Mysterio is is still wrestling and doing great. (laughs) Yes, or that Rey Mysterio (laughs) is still out there. He's still wrestling, and you can still see it. But it's not working. I mean, you know, he he got booed when he appeared on screen. And it, no matter what he was wearing, he was in a close-up. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, that, that was a couple bits that I noticed in WWE fashion this week. But I wanted to uh, take some time and do a deep dive on one of our favorite superstars, mm-hmm. the one and only Lunatic French. Uh-oh. Dean Ambrose. You guys don't like the way he dresses. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Get down. He's seen Ambrose. He was regular clothes. <laughs> I tried to write him a whole theme song, but I couldn't stop saying that part. <laughs> it could be as repetitive as his music. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Him and his clothesline and his clothes. Clothesline, clothes. Ooh. Wait a minute. Hey. I think we just discovered something here. That was beautiful. <laughs> but um, so we all know that Dean Ambrose made his debut in the Shield, which was a great looking SWAT team unit that wore all black and boots and emerged from the crowd. Um, and for a long time, we didn't know what side they were on. It would just swarm people and beat them up. And it was a very physically impressive unit. And one thing I noticed when I went back and looked at a couple of old S.H.I.E.L.D. matches was how much more menacing Dean Ambrose looked to me when he had slicked back hair and a, and a clean-shaven baby face. Mm-hmm. He really looked like he looked like the kind of guy they would put in WWE films then. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like right. pressing a button to make a boat blow up somewhere or something. Like he looked like eighteen rounds. <laughs> he looked like he looked like that kind of he looked like that kind of guy. Um, coming out of that, he transitioned into um, regular people clothes. Right. We had uh, Roman, Roman Reigns, of course, keep the visual cues from the Shield. Uh, we had Seth Rollins do various superhero looking get up that 
I don't know. Uh, I liked it. Yeah. I liked thought it, it was great. Like the Power Ranger stuff? Like a sexy scuba diver. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he, did, he did look like it. was great. Like a 1978 scuba instructor. <laughs> My name's Tad. I'll be teaching you. Thank you for coming to the Caribbean. I hope you enjoy your stay at Sandals. <laughs> Lay down for me. Sandals. Yeah, it's how somebody mama got their groove back. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> I mean, and, and I don't have anything against it. I just think that you have to subject every superstar on the roster to a basic eye test. You look at these guys. You see them walking into an arena or walking into a room. Do they look like they can beat somebody up? Do they look like a world champion? Or, And I, I think in Dean Ambrose's case, I mean, if you ask my wife, he just looks like a dude. He just looks like somebody who jumped the guardrail and got into the match. But Dude, that, Ambrose. If, <laughs> if Brock Lesnar came out in the exact same clothes, though, you would go, oh, he's, what is going on? Why, why isn't Brock wearing his track pants and T-shirt? Like, he becomes imposing because Dean Ambrose is probably the least, uh, he's not super chiseled like, like Rollins is. He's not a giant like Reigns is. So... He, I think it sets him. I think it sets him apart. I, the, I will say the one thing I hate about the jeans is whenever he takes a bump on his knees. I know he's wearing pads underneath, but it doesn't look like he is. Right. <laughs> so I don't like. It is sort of like that Beta Brand ad for like they're they look like dress slacks, but they're sweatpants. Like, <laughs> they're not real jeans. Are they? Oh man, maybe he should start wearing pajama jeans. If he start wearing pajama oh jeans, I bet God. he could start lifting his legs a little bit higher. <laughs> so how? But how you you like? Dean Ambrose's visual style? I do. It is di- outside of the fact that he <laughs> he and uh, Harper look like they're doing a remake of Twins. Yes. <laughs> he it, like I don't I don't even equate the fact that they look alike until I see them together. For for me it's part of, you know, him coming down in the leather jacket and stuff. It just feels there's something that feels really different about him and even he's even talked about it in his entrance that he doesn't plan anything out. Like he doesn't if you notice his entrance is like, he doesn't do a, a standard pose or anything. Whatever it is, it's just whatever comes into his head. Hmm. So that f- I'm a dude. I'm walking to the ring. ring. I'm a dude. <laughs> so there's something in that unexpectedness that makes his outfit make sense to me. Like, I like it. And I can't... I have no justification for it, but I just think it's cool. I yeah. don't I don't know. I just like him. I still say he's got to let the hair go. He has to let the hair go. Come on. I think, I mean... You know, it's because he's brushing it forward. Yeah, that's the problem. It's like yeah. I don't. I'm. It, it's it's cool. Dudes don't have comb overs. Like you don't. <laughs> and like, he he looks like the kind of cool where he's like somebody's older brother. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like the one who used to be the captain of the football team. Yeah, yeah. He like still I'm gives his like you. brother swirlies when he comes back from MIT. <laughs> right. Oh, what you? Oh, you think you're better than me? Huh? <laughs> can you can you outsmart this? Then he just racks him. <laughs> <laughs> I did find this quote of, where I guess some interviewer asked Dean Ambrose about his choice of gear, and I thought his answer was really interesting, so I'm going to share that with you guys. Hmm. And this is all in the quotes. I started thinking, too, like, look at these. See the trunks on the cardboard cut out on Seamus over there? Like, that kind of gear? Traditional wrestling trunks come from, like, the 1920s, like George Hackenschmidt and Carl Gotch, because they were really going to get close and grapple and have, like, a 90-minute really tight wrestling match. That's, like, really old-school wrestling. So they wore the trunks so that they can slip in and out of holds the way an amateur wrestler wears a singlet. 
It's very old school for old school wrestling. But in today's WWE, like what sports entertainment is and stuff, it's a whole different thing. It's almost like some kind of urban combat. It's like what we're going to be doing Sunday. We're going to be climbing ladders outside of the ring, inside the ring, going through tables. You know what I mean? So I'm like, why would you be wearing underwear? It makes no sense. What kind of man puts on underwear to fight? If we were in a bar and we got into an argument and I was like, all right, that's it. Let's take this outside. Take your pants off. Let's go. In your underwear. Outside. Right now. It makes no sense. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, like it's not, you know, I, uh, I guess. <laughs> does that, does that change your opinion on, on his choice of gear at all? No. Wear the little shorts. Wear, wear or like, wear, or wear stretchy pants. <laughs> well, unlike my friend Danielle... I think it makes perfect sense. <laughs> and if it makes sense to him, that's what met, like he looks comfortable in it. I mean, I've seen him I in trunks. I ain't worried about him. Yeah, fine. <laughs> and honestly, I think you'd rather see him in those turtlenecks again that they wore when they first came in. I'd be down with that. So <laughs> I'd, I'd be down. I mean, because honestly, he does look comfortable, but that's also kind of why he doesn't look like an athlete. He doesn't look dangerous. Yeah. He's yeah. too comfortable to be dangerous. Yeah, that's why he can't lift his legs that high. He's too comfortable. That's my autobiography, too comfortable to be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> For all you listeners out there, you tights and fighters, what fashion thoughts do you have from the world of wrestling? Let us know at facebook.com slash group slash tights fights or at tights fights on Twitter. When we come back, we'll share three things from wrestling that are less fashionable but no less entertaining. That's coming up on Tights and Fights. the deal with Brexit? Have you seen Happy Valley yet? How do British people pronounce Edinburgh, Leicester, or Norwich? Not like that. Are you tired of getting your world news from reliable sources, often with no puns or sexual innuendo? Why was there a butcher's hat haunting Coronation Street? What's Coronation Street, and why is Dave Holmes obsessed with it? International Waters pairs a team of comedians in LA against a team of comedians in London in a pop culture battle royale. Join us once a fortnight to hear the best comedians in the world trade jokes and stories and maybe even learn something at the same time. International Waters with me, Dave Holmes. Find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland. I'm joined in the booth by... Danielle Radford. Every week we like to end the show by sharing some of the joy of pro wrestling with you. This is The Three Count. Danielle, you're up first. What are you going to put over? I am putting over um, Rusev and Lana on this week's... Uh, yeah, that was nice. You like that, huh? Yeah. On this week's uh, uh, Talk is Jericho. <laughs> They're just... Uh, I love them together. Rusev is such a great, just charming, funny, 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 funny dude. And here he tells um, a story, because everyone's got a story about um, Dream, obviously. And so here... He tells a story about how uh, Dream gives you good gimmicks, and sometimes he gives trash gimmicks. What are some of the bad ideas he gave you? Uh, he tried to make me a genie. <laughs> okay, hold on. Now we have a tradition where you have to imitate Dusty Rhodes. If you if you have, can you give me a, a quick a quick Dusty Rhodes telling you you have to be a genie? Baby, I see you with that new gear. You look like a genie. <laughs> I want you to work with that Russian chick, Anya, and she's going to, baby, rub the lamb, and you're going to, I feel it. Yeah, baby, you know, you get it. not every idea is going to be solid gold. 
Uh, now, normally, this is the part where I'd throw it over to open Mike Eagle, but he had to ski-daddle. So, in an unprecedented move, I'm going to invite our producer, Julian Burrell, in here to give us what he's going to put over. Julian, get your butt in here. Oh, what? Is it your birthday? It's happening. Is it? Is that what? it? What? God, Child, hot sweat, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners might not know this, but it is very warm inside of this booth. Yeah, yeah. it is from my heat. <laughs> yeah, you can feel it. I'm comfortable. I just like to swim in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I am going to be nice, and I'm going to put over the exact same thing that Mike was going to put over before he had to unfortunately head out. But the thing that it is going to be is the Usos delivering their uh, their heel promo this week. We all know what a face. Uh, Usos promo sounds like it's we say Us, y'all say oh. Right. Now what they've done with this promo was kind of do this something really similar, but they kind of like were really kind of insulting. It was almost like a hip hop rap battle. Like if you ever seen that YouTube <laughs> video of like the super hot fire, it kind of looked a little bit like that. Yeah. So I think that this is going to be a great next step for the Usos. I really hope that this is like. Aside from them crippling people and wearing do-rags and not wearing paint on their faces, I think this is a great next step for the Usos. And as long as they do more stuff like this, I'm going to be down with whatever they decide to do. So I'm going to go play that right now. All right. Bye, Bye Julian. Bye. Thanks for coming in and visiting us. Thanks. Bring ice next time. <laughs> so all we do know is this. Tonight, tonight, when everybody go home, right? You're going to jump in your rental car. You're going to buckle your seatbelt. You're going to drive to your hotel room. It's probably a two-star. You're going to take your protein <laughs> and a protein bar. Then he pick chocolate or vanilla. And then you're going to say your prayers, Zeus, and you're going to lay your head down, and you're going to start tossing and turning, laying there with your eyes wide open, wondering why I can't go to sleep. You know damn well why. It's because you got little hair standing behind your neck, and you feel those goosebumps running through your body. And your head is on a swivel because you feel like somebody creeping behind you. No! It's not paranoia. It's the O's. You know what? That's the best promo they've ever cut in their careers. Ever. And they're they're like naturally so funny that yeah. the fact that they were able to find a way to slip a little bit of the humor in there along with that urgency was like fantastic. Great click, Mike. Great call. Keeping it, Julian. Yes. Oh, so good. I was I was going to put over the Usos on Talking Smack originally, but since they're already being put over here, one thing that SmackDown did with two hours which a three-hour show could have also done, <laughs> is they set up their 10-man battle royal by having a number of the key players cut promos. But like an old-school style, like it was the beginning of a Saturday night's main event. <laughs> and the one promo that impressed me, and we've already talked about him, was Luke Harper's. Uh, he's just so clear in the motivation of his character, and I just love uh, his talking here. It's real intense and creepy. Give it a listen. For years, I've followed... Got a good pop. I obeyed him. But at the flick of a switch, that all changed. Now, I am free. And after I'm victorious tonight, there'll be nowhere left for him to run. (laughs) (laughs) Callback! (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, it's so good. It was very good. It, it really did. So yeah. Yeah, no, that was great. It reminded me of like on that NXT when they had that like late all women's battle royal mm-hmm. where they brought in a bunch of people, like a bunch of uh, women wrestlers and Cameron to <laughs> wrestle. And they all had that like two second promo. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> that does it for tights and fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. Our hosts are Daniel Radford and Mike Eagle, along with me, Hal Lublin. Our producer is podcasting's best-kept secret, Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music as well, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long at facebook.com slash groups slash tightsfights and at tightsfights on Twitter. And if you love the show... Remember to hit those five stars on iTunes and share us with all your friends. We'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tice and Bites Podcast. Tice and Bites. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.